It is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Glad to have you guys back for another day and another show. Good one coming up. Jerry Zagoda, who covers Minnesota United for the Star Tribune, will join me here in just a couple minutes to talk about that team. They're on kind of an extended break right now and probably a good thing because it's been a struggle for them this year, especially scoring goals. That is nothing new to this franchise. They've had a long history of finishing problems, problems, you know, just getting the ball in the net. And that's the name of the game. Jerry and I will talk about kind of why that is, how they might get things going in the second half of the year, and still relative to their playoff spot, still in okay shape, um, probably because of some good work on the road, some good work in some games on defense this year. So Jerry and I will break all that down, as well as what we might expect from Emmanuel Reynoso there all-star player in the second half of the season now that he's back and working his way towards playing a full match. We'll also get to the Twins. Had a big walk-off win. Carlos Correa, first walk-off home run of his career. Um, we'll get to that here in just a couple minutes, as well as a big uh, big announcement from the world of gymnastics that is affecting Minneapolis and the Twin Cities next summer. First, though, what did I miss? I must impolitely I guess ask when is it going to be Minnesota's turn to win a major men's professional sports championship Um, just had this thought this morning as I kind of looked at Vegas pictures of Vegas videos of Vegas uh, Golden Knights hoisting the Stanley Cup sixth season in existence for Vegas after being an expansion team in the 2017-2018 season. They, of course, made it all the way to the Cup Finals as an expansion team that year uh, before losing. They had some favorable expansion rules, things like that, built this thing up, and now they are Stanley Cup champions. They routed Florida in the uh, in the decisive game on Tuesday night. I believe the final was 9-3, and no doubter by the time it was over. Um, But I'd like to politely ask, when is it going to be Minnesota's turn? Not just the Wild, but let's focus on that for a minute because here here we've got, like I said, an expansion team in the middle of the desert that, you know, let's let's be honest, did take advantage of some good good timing with when they came into the league in terms of the expansion rules. They were much more favorable than when the Wild came into the league a little bit more than 20 years ago. Uh, The type of players they could choose from was much more favorable. Um, but that's that's not the point at this point. The point is they you know they've they made it all the way. They won a championship in their sixth year. This is a sport where the wild of all the sports that we're talking that what I'm gonna talk about here in the next few minutes, of all the sports, this is one where the wild where Minnesota team should be able to compete at least on level ground. This is the sport where the salary cap is the most equitable, although I did read that uh, Vegas had about thirteen or fourteen million dollars of salary stashed on long-term injured reserve this year, circumventing the cap as some teams like to do. That is basically a Parisian suitor size buyout figure stashed away on long-term injured reserve that they ended up being able to use to uh, to add more payroll at the trade deadline. But more or less, by and large, the cap is the cap in the NHL. You can kind of work around it on the edges like that a little bit, but this is a league where most teams are spending almost exactly the same amount of money. This is a league where players want, in in a lot of cases, to come to Minnesota, where they can attract high-level free agents, where they can bring in guys who want to play here because of 
you know, history in Minnesota because of atmosphere here and, and things of that nature because of solid ownership, things like that. It still, though, has not translated for this franchise at this point in its history to still have only won four playoff series and only two of them in the last 20 years. It's been since 2003 since they went to the Western Conference Finals. They've only won two playoff series since then, both of those, by the way, under uh, former head coach Mike Yo. Um, that's inexcusable. That that bothers me. If you look at it big picture, why can't it happen here? Why hasn't it happened here with the fan base, with you know sellouts, with the, with all the advantages that they have baked in, or at least the level playing field that they have compared to some of these other some of these other sports? I don't understand why they haven't been able to get it done. But <clears throat> the Wild, overall in its existence, thirty four and sixty two in the postseason. That is just not. That's not acceptable. That is terrible. It is not acceptable, and I still I want to know why it has not happened here. But, of course, this is not isolated to hockey. Let's talk about some of the other what we consider major men's professional teams here in the Twin Cities. And I think if we're being honest, we're still talking about kind of those four core leagues. We started with the NHL. We're also talking about the NBA. We're also talking about Major League Baseball. And, of course, we are talking about the NFL if we go to the, the the other recently crowned champion in the NBA, Denver, Denver wins its first championship. If it can happen in Denver, why can't it happen here? Denver is a similar market to Minnesota, a team that's being built similarly to the Timberwolves. Um, why can't it happen here? Why should the Timberwolves have such a terrible playoff history? Why have they only won two playoff series in their entire existence? Why has it been almost 20 years since their only real playoff run. That is inexcusable. That makes no sense to me. Why are they 21 and 42 all time in the playoffs? Yes, I get it. In the NBA, it is a hard sell to come to Minnesota, but they have had opportunities. They have had players. They have had chances. They have repeatedly torpedoed their own success. They have repeatedly undone anything good that has gone their way. Why can't it happen here? When is it going to be Minnesota's turn in any of these sports, let's turn to the Twins. The Twins have had so many chances, and they are, yes, the most recent team to win in among these four leagues. They're the most recent team to win a championship. Guess what? That was 1991. That was 32 years ago. And guess what? None of these teams that I'm talking about has even been to a finals since then. The Vikings have not been to the Super Bowl since then. The Twins have not been to a World Series since then. The Wild and Wolves have never been to an NBA or NHL Finals. In 32 years, that has not happened. Why can't it happen for the Twins? What is what is wrong with what's going on here? Is it just a collective streak of bad luck? Is it something about market forces, salary caps, the way the sports works these days, being a mid, like a small to mid-market team? Is that holding them back? I say yes to a certain degree, but in a lot of these sports, there's been plenty of other counterexamples of teams like the, like the like the Twins, like the Vikings, like the Wild, like the Wolves, who have in fact won during this span. The Twins are 0-18 in their last 18 playoff games. They have not won a playoff series in more than 20 years. They have not won a playoff game since 2004, despite winning many, many division titles, despite going to the playoffs many, many times since then. They have lost their last 18 playoff games. That is a North American professional sports record. Why? Why can't it happen here? Why has it not happened here? That is the question that I am wrestling with. The Vikings, 
Let's stop. Let's end there with the Vikings. I, you know, that's that's the one that's that's vexed people for the longest because they have those four Super Bowl appearances going back to the Bud Grant era. Guess what? I was two months old. I am forty-six. Uh, that they were. I was two months old the last time the Vikings even went to a Super Bowl. They have lost, I think, five or six. I think it's six. NFC title games now since that moment, the most recent, of course, coming in 2017 with a chance to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium before, uh, you know, if they would have won that game. Why hasn't it happened here in a league where they've had so many good players, in a league where they've had, you know, countless opportunities in the playoffs, where they've been this close, where they where they're consistently at least average to above average? Why hasn't it happened here? Why does Vegas get to win something? Why does Denver get to win something? Why does all these other franchises that have had streaks that have gone on and on and on, why have those been snapped? The Red Sox, the the Cubs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they've all won recently or semi-recently. Uh, you look at all these other markets that have won something. Miami Marlins have won two World Series. Um, <clears throat> the list goes on and on. I'm not even listing all of these teams, and I'm not saying those cities, those franchises don't deserve it. I'm saying why Hasn't it happened here? When will it happen here? Why can't that happen? It's got to be so frustrating for Minnesota sports fans to sit there and watch this unfold, to watch all the playoff losing, to watch everything that happens and say, look, um, you know, maybe next year. I, I, it, it just hasn't it hasn't been next year for more than three decades. And I get it. I'm not trying to I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anything else that's happened. I'm not trying to say the four Lynx championships last decade don't matter because they certainly do. Those those championships do matter. But I think if you are talking about a broader sporting public, you are still talking about those four those four teams that have been established for a long time, those, those four leagues uh, especially that have, that have been established for a long time, and all of those teams have struggled so much in the playoffs in the last three decades. When will that change? Who will finally break that streak? When will it happen? I feel like I've been asking that question for a long time and still no answers. So I don't know. It's just frustrating. I'm asking this question more rhetorically than anything. We'll see if that ever changes. But right now, Vegas is the NHL champion. Let that soak in with your breakfast this morning. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, premixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineandSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Before we get to Jerry Zagoda, let's mention the Twins here quickly rallied for a four-run ninth inning on uh, on Tuesday night, capped by a Carlos Correa walk-off home run. They beat the Brewers, the rival hated Brewers. I don't know if they're rival and hated, but they have a nice little you know interstate rivalry that's been going on since interleague play started many many years ago. Um, good win for the Twins. Big important win, I guess, in the context of things. They're now two and a half up in the terrible AL Central. Kind of talking about playoffs, big picture stuff like that. Um, sure seems like they are angling towards another chance in the postseason. Even though I don't think this is a great team, still a long way to go. But less than a hundred games to go now. They've they've played sixty-seven. They are thirty-four and thirty-three. But they are the only team in the AL Central above. 500 still, Cleveland two and a half back. 
I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this division. I think it's pretty rotten. I think the Twins can be better than what they've been this season. Um, but you know they're going to need more of more of what they've gotten from Carlos Correa lately with that big grand slam um, in Toronto a few days ago, and now this walk off home run here. If he starts to heat up like that and can produce more of these signature moments, maybe the lineup will kind of round into form and give them more of what they need. Now they're going to be without Byron Buxton for a little while longer. It sounds like he is eligible to come off the injured list after being hit in the ribs with that pitch, but it's going to be a few more days, according to Rocco Baldelli. And Kenta Maeda, who is uh, making some rehab starts in St. Paul as he works his way back from arm trouble. Doesn't that sound like he will be the starter that pitches this week when they need an extra starter? So maybe not not setbacks in those in those regards, but two guys that they were counting on at the start of the year, Buxton Maeda, two guys who have had a fair amount of success for them in recent years. Neither of them will be factoring into any of the next few games, at least for the Twins. So that that's probably disappointing, but uh, you know those guys could come back relatively soon. Still, I would imagine we'll see. We'll monitor uh, monitor Buxton and monitor Maeda's recovery from that uh, that arm trouble. See where that gets them the rest of the year. But overall, Twins thirty four and thirty three, trying to uh, trying to recover, still trying to make it, you know, trying to make it through this stretch where they've been and where they've just you know had some some blown games. Some you know, some offensive troubles, trying to establish some sort of consistency, some sort of rhythm, and some sort of identity beyond good starting pitching this season. Let's talk some Minnesota United soccer right now with Jerry Zagoda, who covers the Loons for the Star Tribune. And Jerry, I, I feel like we have a similar conversation or have had a similar conversation to the one I anticipate us having right now in in previous years where... We're talking about a team, Minnesota United, that has had a pretty choppy, you know, first half of the season. They're struggling to score goals, and yet they're kind of right there hanging around where where the playoff play-in cut line is, and somehow they find a way to get just enough results to to stay relevant. Is that does that sound about right for how we summarize where where they are right now after 17 matches or 19, however many it's been? Are you saying deja vu all over again? I kind of am. It's what it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah, it is, especially with the goal scoring thing. You know, that's uh, it's all the different people they brought in through the years. You know, all the players from way back when, when Ramirez and all those guys, and then uh, uh, you know, then Amaria. No, Amaria's gone, and we're we're st- we're staring at Timu Puki from. Uh, hopefully, I said that right from uh, the English second division and the Finnish team, and it's just. You know, all, all they've invested and they still haven't kind of found the right answer. Maybe eventually they will, but, uh, you know, maybe they'll get Reynoso here. He played a half the other night. They'll get him into a full game and he'll make enough good passes that they just couldn't possibly not miss scoring on one of them. <laughs> well, why? I mean, I'm sure they're asking themselves the same thing. Why, why is this such a, a mystery, such a hard, hard thing to, to crack other than, you know, Goal scoring's at a premium, and I suppose it's it's hard to find these guys. But they've certainly tried enough that you would think that something sticks at a certain point. Why? Why do you? Why, in your estimation, have they had such an ongoing problem scoring goals and finding people that can put the ball in the back of the net? Well, some of the bigger teams, you know, spend ten million dollars on it. You know, they went up against the Bernaducci the other night, or however you pronounce it, and uh, you know, they, they Toronto's got a lot of cash invested, and you know. Closer to home, Portland's done that. Other teams have done that. So, um, you know, they've 
They've really never gone out and spent a, a lot of money. Um, we spent for them, but not for around the league. And uh, you can just tell that's the difference. Guys who have that have it. Guys who don't, don't. And, uh, you know, maybe Bongi becomes a guy who does. Uh, we'll see if, if they get a, a player or two here in the in the uh, next uh, transfer window. Maybe they'll, they'll find a guy, maybe the guy from Finland being via uh, the English league, uh, second division. Maybe, the, maybe he'll be the guy, but uh, um, I think part of it is they just haven't spent the money for the, for the guys who create and make goals. They, they spent some money on, uh, on Reynoso, but uh, you know, not on, on kind of a striker number nine. They just try to, they certainly used, you know, designated player slots and all that on, on them, but uh, um, never really gone out and, you know, just got a guy who's, sort of a world-class scorer. You mentioned Reynoso. He's been back now for a couple of matches, played, like you said, a half the other night, although it was not a great match overall. They lose 4 nothing to Montreal. It seems like Reynoso is having at least some uh, some impact on on the offense, even if it's not showing up necessarily on the score sheet right away. From your estimation, how has his return been, even if it's not in full yet? How have his teammates embraced it how has he looked when he's you know in, even in limited action so far well you just feel the difference especially when he came on during that home game he played just the electricity when he's on the field you know even even on the way uh, on the road against Montreal he comes in all of a sudden a couple touches gets a shot you know you just you can just tell the you know you're talking about boats you know raising all the levels you can just feel things lift up Go a little bit higher when he's out there, and uh, you know, eventually he's going to score a goal. You think, and uh, maybe he may, maybe as I mentioned, maybe even get one of his teammates to score one. But uh, you can just feel the difference, even though he's not really in great shape. But uh, particularly when he made his debut at, at Allianz, and the fans got into it. But um, you can even see it too in, in, in the Montreal game. Just the just the little things he does that uh, nobody else on this team does. Does do you feel like? I mean, I think there's a lot of lot of discussion before he came back and kind of as he was working his way back even after he had returned to Minnesota but hasn't hadn't played yet how are how is this kind of sitting with the team at this point now that he's back on the field and that you know it's been several months since he didn't show up initially for for training camp how do you feel like that's how do you feel like kind of the off-field stuff is is playing out with with that whole situation it all depends on how he plays and if he makes them better you know, if he makes each guy better and the guys can uh, score goals or they get assists to do things, then all that stuff fades in the back. Um, if they continue to struggle and people get stressed out and, uh, you know, he doesn't really make a difference, which I can't see that happening. But, he, you know, he seems like he's coming, worked hard. This is a big – Adrian, he said this is a big week for him just to, to get more work in, get closer to being able to play, you know, a full 90 minutes. And – um you know, just get more integrated with with his teammates. Even though you've got you know five guys gone for international duty, um, you didn't have Heath at, at practice today or tomorrow to, for a personal matter. Uh, Sang Bin, um, who uh, I didn't know when they went to Montreal, but he tweaked his hamstring. They didn't take him to Montreal. He didn't play. He he was just kind of training on the side today. So you know they got to get healthy. They got to get everybody together. But it's good for them to get a little bit of break here. I think they played nine games and. May and now they're playing maybe three or four in, in, in June. So hopefully they can find, find some kind of, uh, groove and some energy. And, uh, as you mentioned, you know, they're, they've, uh, 
you know, only gotten one what one win at home, but uh, yet they're still only they're one of like seven teams within three points of each other on that on that playoff line. They're uh, technically they're currently in, in tenth place, but uh, um, you know you get a win or two here and your uh, your standings change in a hurry. So um, they could have obviously done a lot better, but they're not in a terrible place for for you know what has happened the first half of the season. You mentioned manager Adrian Heath. He had a quote the other day that caught my eye. I mean, you lose four nothing, you kind of assume that the the, the manager is going to be pretty upset and maybe get into the team a little bit. But his his quote essentially was, you know, aside from the poor goals they conceded, he liked the way they played and thought they actually, you know, maybe had the better of the chances against Montreal. And if you look at some of the advanced numbers. Some of that is borne out even over the past, you know, six, seven matches. Do you do you buy into this idea that they've been creating enough and, you know, that they've been either unlucky or just getting, you know, some some poor defending or goaltending in the last in the last, you know, minute or last kind of crucial spots and not finishing? Or do you are they getting outplayed more than he would like to admit? I think I think not only do I think they've been outplayed, but I think the problem is they just can't finish goals. I mean, you know, they have yeah. these pieces. I mean, who was it? Mender Garcia the other night got set up perfectly by Bongi. And uh, it was like, uh, you know, us on a golf course swinging a, in a whiff. I mean, <laughs> it went right through his, right through his uh, feet. And, you know, these guys have done this all, all their lives. It's kind of shocking when, when something like that happens. But, you know, you've had a million other cases beyond that. I think maybe the Adrian thing's a little bit of the old Greg Popovich, the, the Popovich thing, you know. Uh, kind of embrace them when they're down and, and, and kick, the, kick their butts when they're up. So, but um, I don't know if I necessarily saw that they played or outplayed them. But uh, uh, you give up, you give up two bad goals, you know, in 13 minutes, and you're you're fighting uphill the rest of the way. You mentioned uh, a hamstring tweak for for Sangbing Jong. How, how has he been looking even before that? I mean, I know there were some pretty high hopes for him. What what are the you know, as we think about him returning to to form and kind of the the second half of the year, along with Reynoso, you know, potential firepower there. But how has how has he looked to you so far? You see glimpses. You know, he's had a couple of things where he curved, he's curved a couple of balls, hit some crossbars or posts, had chances, come very close. I think he's got what one goal maybe. Um, but uh, you know, just remember those guys like that when they come in. Uh, new culture, hadn't, haven't played a lot, uh, coming in, into here because of their seasons with their, their previous teams. It just takes a while. It took Robin Ludd a, a whole, uh, year. And I remember arguing with friends who were ready to write him off after six weeks, you know, and it just takes, but you can see there's something there. And now let's see what, if you can put him and Reynoso together and let's see what that looks like. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think, I don't think we're ready to, you know, panic yet, but it is it is interesting just to kind of watch them. If they're still they're averaging less than a goal a game, right? Don't they have like fifteen goals in seventeen matches, something like that right now? That that's just that's not a pace that's sustainable for success. Although like you say, they're they are with, with the format this year and where they are, they are kind of sitting right there if they could ever get on any kind of roll or actually score, you know, a couple goals in a in a game and and get some consistent offense going. What's that? I don't remember now. What's what's the name of that stat? Like, almost like should have been goals. They like lead the league. Expected goals. Expected, expected goals, right? Goals. But, yeah. Um, you know, I think they're very high up on that. They've had a lot of goals, but uh, you know, expected doesn't help you much in the standings. Now they they've got to 
start playing better at home. Although the good the good thing is, Will Trapp pointed out today, you know, they've had games like where they they lose the Montreal or the tie to Toronto. And those those aren't the games that really hurt you. You know, um, the games that really hurt you are the, the games at home and you lose or tie to, to your division or conference opponents. So um, they've had more than a couple couple of those. So. Um, They've just uh, they've they've just got to start doing better than that because it'll be it's gonna be hard to catch up if you just keep you know if you don't get those wins at home. Short of finishing their chances and being better at home, what's the well, a couple more final thoughts here? What what are the what do they got to do once they come out of this on the twenty fourth? What what is their kind of sense of optimism if things are going to get better in the second half of the year? I was just going to add you know they, they have won four times on the road, so if they can get a couple more of those, you know, that really that helps position that they're in, what they're not doing at home is down the road. And that's one of the reasons they're kind of still, you know, in the middle of it, not, uh, not looking up. Uh, one, I think you, you need Reynoso playing 90 minutes. You need everybody else to come along with them. It'd be nice to saying Bing got, you know, everybody gets healthy, you get guys back from, from uh, international play and just give them some time to, to play together. And you know, guys in and out of the lineup. You know, get those two guys going and see if we can get going with, with Bongi. And uh, we'll see if Robin Ludd ever gets back this season. I don't think he's back um, by maybe September or, or uh, October. I saw former loon Mason Toy had that same kind of surgery in April. And his first game back was uh, the other night against the loons. And what does he do? Two goals. I saw that. I saw that. That can't. That couldn't have felt good for them, although he didn't, he hadn't done much before that, right? That was pretty... Out of out of character for him. Well, right? he, hasn't played, he hasn't played since early April. He had that same surgery Lud had, so they they, you know, it's been what was that two months so, or close to it. So, but you know, at least shows that he did he wasn't out all season. So we'll see what that means to Robin. Fans have no shortage of frustration with Heath, especially when they lose four um, nil. Do you sense Heath's frustration at all at this point this year? Or do you feel like he's just kind of? Stay the course. Kind of feels like they can they can get this together. Where do you sense his mood is at? Oh no, I don't really feel. I don't feel like he's uh, stressed out. He hasn't really been that prickly. Which you know, when the pressure comes on, usually uh, you'll or he, he'll he'll uh, get that way. But um, I think he still believes in this team. I think he still sees what it can be. I think he kind of dis- not dismisses, but you know, looks at the first half of the year and says he can't really judge because we didn't have our best player. You know. Didn't have their LeBron. I'm not sure if he's really Le- LeBron, but he he is good. Yeah, he is good, and you know there's definitely something to that. Although you know, I think I think your point is a good one, and that what Heath is saying about this is a big week. This is a big like ten days for for Reynoso if he's going to kind of surge into the second half. He's kind of get to get his legs underneath him. They got to be able to play him for full matches here pretty soon, right? Yeah, I mean, the other night they, they bumped him up. He had played 24 in that first game. They bumped him up to the, the the full 45, but I think they only did that because of the circumstance they were in. I don't think they wanted to play him that much. So don't push him too much. You don't want him to get another nick here and, you know, be out for three weeks or four weeks. But uh, they kind of had to play him out of necessity just because they needed to get something going down to nothing at Montreal. So they, they put him in there for – for 45, but, uh, you know, I think it'll be a, a progression, with, you know, within the next couple of games, you probably see them work up to the, up to the 90. And then, you know, if they can keep everybody else happy, uh, healthy and see, see what happens uh, after that. Yeah. It seems like that's kind of their, 
their best hope has kind of been their best hope for a while. It's that maybe Reynoso has some more of that magic and they can get on a little run and get into the playoffs again. It's a, it's a place they're familiar with. They've been in the playoffs a bunch of years in a row. I mean, was it is it five years in a row now? Four or five in a row four, now, four, right? Four last year, right? So yeah, in. I think it's four. Yeah, this will be five if they could make it. So, yeah, well, we'll see. Um, years ago, we'll have you. What? They went two games. They went two games, three games in a row. All of a sudden, they're up, you know, fifth place, fourth place. So, yeah, that's what they're going to have to do after the play resumes on the twenty fourth. Jerry Zagoda, appreciate it as always. Good catching up on Minnesota United, and we will talk again soon. All right, thanks, Mike. Good stuff from Jerry as usual, and as usual with Minnesota United, they will probably go as far as Emmanuel Reynoso can take them. Different, of course, this season because of all the turmoil early in the year, him staying in Argentina instead of coming over to Minnesota at the start of the year. He's back now, a big week of training for him as he tries to gear up for a second half of the season where he will be counted on in a big way to you know to jumpstart a really struggling offense. So we'll see where the loons go, and it probably will be as far as Emmanuel Reynoso can take them. Let us finish now with the cooler big news in gymnastics, perhaps some expected news that we thought was coming, but it made official on Tuesday. The gymnastics U.S. Olympic trials will be in Minneapolis at Target Center June 27th to 30th next year, almost exactly a year from now. That will be an exciting time for gymnastics here, not just those trials, but some other associated events around them, a nine-day event here in the Twin Cities. Tons of participants, I'm sure tons of fans will flock to that as well. That is one of the signature events of the 2024 game. So that will be exciting. That will be a lot of fun to watch when it comes here. And uh, you know, just one more great event for the Twin Cities. That will do it for me today. Expected to be joined on Thursday's show by WCCO Radio's Chad Hartman. Got some good golf stories coming from him on that show as well as probably some other talk. And uh, Friday, expected to be joined by Marcus Fuller from the Start to Be to Talk Gophers Men's Basketball. They are in the middle of summer practices right now. Want to ask Marcus about some recruiting stuff as well. So stick around for that on Friday. Thanks for joining me here on today's show. Back at it again tomorrow.